0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. Over the next month, I'm going to take a deep dive into the role of human resources in fully operationalizing a best practices compliance program. Each day, I will pick up one topic with three key takeaways which you can utilize to improve, enhance, or upgrade your compliance program. This series of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This is our final offering for the month of HR and compliance. And today I'm going to end with 10 questions to pose to HR around advice and developing goals for the operationalization of your compliance initiatives through the corporate HR function. Number one, interconnectedness of targets. How are compliance goals cascaded down to the individual workers? Everyone recognizes the importance of tone at the top as it is enshrined in every description of a best practices compliance program. However, operationalizing compliance means moving toward an appropriate tone in the middle and at the bottom. Two, clarity and comparability of goals. Does anyone complain that your compliance targets are too complex? Certainly, the initial rollout of a compliance program can be quite a large undertaking. Perhaps another approach might be to focus on high-risk areas and remediate them by rolling out initiatives to manage those risks first and then move to other areas. Many companies have reviewed and then remediated the third-party sales side of their business but are only now looking at the supply chain or procurement side of the equation. If you work on one such problem at a time, it can help move the overall process forward in an orderly fashion. Three. Consequence management. How do you deal with repeated compliance failures in a specific business segment or compliance program area? This is certainly one question that you would want to consider carefully. Do you have problems with one business unit or one geographic area from the compliance perspective? Are gifts in China, for example, an ongoing issue for your company? What about travel and entertainment? Consider this carefully as the DOJ has asked the following about accountability. Accountability. In the 2019 evaluation, what disciplinary actions did the company take in response to the misconduct and when did this occur? Four, instilling a mindset. How does your company show that attracting developing talent who will engage in ethical business conduct is a top priority? This is a key part of operationalizing your compliance program and one where HR should take the lead. If top management will make a commitment to this, you should work to create the appropriate mindset of doing business the right way throughout your organization. Five, removing poor performers. How long is compliance underperforming tolerated? The DOJ evaluation asked, has the company ever terminated or otherwise disciplined anyone for the type of misconduct at issue? I think that many companies would clearly say that they will discipline up to and including discharge any employee who engages in practices that violate the company's compliance program. But this question drills deeper and forces a more rigorous analysis on not just compliance failures by employees, but poor ethical choices, which may have been less than full compliance violations. Six, unique employee value propositions. What makes it distinctive to work at your company? What is the culture of your organization? Is it to do business ethically or simply make your numbers no matter how unrealistic they are? More pointedly, how can your compliance challenges be turned into business leadership opportunities? If you more fully operationalize your compliance program into your company, it may well take your business not only to be more efficient, but at the end of the day, more profitable. Seven, continuous improvement. How do compliance programs that were not typically working get exposed and remediated? There's a difference between auditing and monitoring. Monitoring is a commitment to reviewing and detecting compliance programs in real time and then reacting quickly to remediate them. A primary goal of monitoring is to identify and address gaps in your program on a regular and consistent basis. Auditing is a more limited review that targets a specific business component, region, or market sector during a specific time frame to uncover and or evaluate certain risks, particularly as seen in financial records. A robust program should include separate functions for auditing and monitoring. While unique in protocol, the two functions are related and can operate in tandem. Monitoring activities can sometimes lead to audit. For example, if you notice a suspicious trend payments in recent monitoring reports from a country in the Far East, it may be time to conduct an audit of those operations. Eight, performance tracking. What key compliance indicators do you use for compliance tracking? What metrics have you developed around the operationalization of compliance? A good starting point can be your hotline or helpline. How do you determine from calls or reports submitted through these systems? What if you have not had any reports for several years? What should that be telling you about your communication to your employee base? Or does it mean that people have not been properly and effectively trained that a hotline even exists or is available for their use? Or more honestly, employees are afraid to make any reports for fear of retaliating or even losing their jobs. This is certainly something to consider whichever way the metrics are going for your company. Nine, root cause. For a given compliance program, how do you identify the root cause? Clearly, if you do not know the cause of what a problem is, you cannot successfully work towards remedying that problem. This does not simply mean firing any persons involved in a potential compliance violation. You need to dig down and find out what allowed that issue to arise in the first place. I once heard the difference between Japanese and American post-incident investigations is that in the U.S. there is an attempt to assess blame, Conversely, in Japan, there is an attempt to find a solution to the problem. This is the approach I believe compliance practitioners should take to try and find a solution by determining the root cause of a compliance failure. 10. Retention. What are you doing to retain your top employees from the compliance perspective? This is not a question that is typically asked in the compliance department. However, it fully encapsulates the entire concept of operationalization. Have you considered what your company is doing to retain, promote, and then take to senior management, those employees who do business in an ethical manner and in compliance with your code of conduct? Compliance practitioners continually face the challenge of keeping up with their ever-evolving compliance practices with little or no budget increase. By asking yourself and of the HR component of your compliance program these questions, you may create a roadmap to more fully operationalize your compliance regime. So what are the three key takeaways from this final day of HR and compliance? Number one, what are the unique compliance targets that you have set and how interconnected are they to your business unit goals? Number two, have you used a root cause analysis to determine why compliance initiatives are not successful in your organization? And then number three, retraining employees in compliance is an underutilized tool and you should use it going forward. I hope you've enjoyed this one-month series on the role of HR in compliance, and I hope you'll join me next month where I take up the topic of innovation in compliance. Thank you for joining me on this exploration of the role of HR in a best practices and fully operationalized compliance program on the February edition of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.